The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we are ready to go. Hope you are as well. It is uh, seven minutes after seven. It is Monday evening, you know what that means, got to be time for the Employment Law Show. Uh, Andrew Goldberg is here, and he is he's working it big time. He is going to be the guy taking your phone calls and answering them anyway. You want to call 416-870-6400 is the number. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And any time at all, even throughout this hour, any time you're just online, go to uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And get lots of information there as well. We'll get through the week that was here, and then we'll get into what you need to know about employment contracts during COVID-19, an extremely topical topic. But, uh, brother, what's going on? How are you? I haven't talked to you for a little bit. I know it's been some time. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm, uh, you know, I'm sweating like you know Mike Tyson in a spelling bee, but for the most part, I'm staying in air conditioning. <laughs> I hope you're doing okay, too. Oh, I got that thing blasted. Believe me. <laughs> what's up? What's going on with the week that was? Well, the big one from today that I was reading, and I'm not sure how many of your listeners have heard or how many of our listeners have heard, but there was a young woman from California. Ah, yeah. Who, yeah. So, yeah, it's a pretty, uh, pretty popular story as of now, but uh, this nice woman from California, she was let go from her job very shortly after her employer uh, continued to give her a very hard time about the fact that um, her children would be um, could be heard during her her business calls. So this is a company that, uh, as COVID kind of set in, they they had sent everyone home to work from home. And as she was on calls working from home, and, and mind you, she had a one year old and a four year old child. There was no daycare, and during some of these calls, her kids could be heard in the background, um, as a one year old would. Um, and uh, her employer did not like that very much, so they proceeded to terminate her. Now, they didn't outwardly allege that they fired her because of her children, but the timing is uh, speaks for itself. So yeah. she commenced a claim against her employer for, I assume, again, this is California, but um, I assume some sort of comparable of wrongful dismissal and potentially a human rights violation as well. Yeah, I think the the human rights violation was based on the fact that they didn't do it to any of the men working from home is what she's alleging. She was just did it to her because and she says this is part of the reason why women as far as that half of the gender are sometimes bashful and gun shy to come forward and make a complaint to human resources about this stuff. And this is the reason why. Right. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I, I think when it comes to human rights complaints, uh, generally what comes across my desk more than anything is probably uh, various women who have concerns about their maternity leave, whether it be, you know, their return from maternity leave, whether they have their same job upon return. It seems to be the one area of discrimination that's definitely very prevalent. So yeah. <clears throat> no kidding that, uh, you know, women are concerned. And, you know, it, it, I believe she actually did raise her concerns to her manager and human resources, but nothing happened. She was let go. And she apparently rejected some kind of package provided to her and she said well i'm not going to stand for this and she's really speaking out so all the power to her and i hope it goes very well 
Yeah, it was interesting. It seemed like over a matter of uh, a few weeks, anyway, she was badgered all the time. But, you know, keep those kids quiet. What do you want me to do? I don't know. Deal with it. It's not our problem sort of thing. Now, generally in the States, I mean, I don't know how uh, well-versed you are. Obviously, much better than I would be. But they generally have employment at will. That's what they call it down there. Different than the system we have up here. We have much more robust laws in favor of employees up here. Much more protections. California may be the closest, I guess, to what we have here in Canada. How would this play out on this side of the border? Same type of thing, or would it be more severe do you think well for starters i mean there's no chance in my mind that this woman was terminated for what's called just cause um and because you know having her child or one-year-old child make some noise in the background of a call there there's no way that that's just cause especially in light of the fact that there were no alternative arrangements she couldn't get child care and in light of that, uh, it, she's been terminated without cause, and she would be owed a severance package in Ontario, without question, in my mind. Yeah. And uh, on top of that, because her termination, you know, it, it appears was re- related to her childcare obligations, being you know her kids around in the background, um, childcare and family status—that's uh, a protected. Uh, ground under the Ontario Human Rights Code, so she could potentially have a claim for human rights damages on top of her severance package. So she could be in line for quite a decent uh, payout here in Ontario if this uh, were to happen here. Again, the uh, the number to call here with uh, with your issues and your questions, uh, bring them on, 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We're going to get into this, and that is what you need to know about employment contracts during COVID-19, and that kind of dovetails nicely into that story we were just talking about, even though it was stateside, that she is at home because of COVID-19, her kids don't have daycare because of COVID-19. What are uh, why are employment contracts so important? Uh, I mean, especially during COVID nineteen, but overall, what do you think? Well, an employment contract. I mean, to begin, I think it's important for the listeners to keep in mind an employment contract does not have to be a written agreement. Now, many people think of it that way, right? Um, you could have a contract between your employer. If I'm an employee, I work for an employer, I make $25 an hour, I've made $25 an hour for two years. I may have not signed anything ever uh, explicitly stating that I make 25 an hour, but that becomes a term of my employment. Um, now, when we're speaking about employment contracts, I assume you know we're talking about a written contract. And with respect to their importance, I mean, they're important because it lays out very clearly, hopefully, not always, of course, but mm-hmm. the, the intention would be that, you know, you as an employee, um, you understand the terms of your relationship with your employer. What do you get paid? What kind of benefits are you entitled to? Uh, you know, do you have a non-compete co- clause in your contract, a non-solicit clause? What are you allowed to do on your free time? What right. duties are expected of you? So really, it's just a one-stop shop for kind of, a, you know, a clearer understanding of what what you're entitled to what restrictions you have and and what you're responsible for in the workplace with, with respect to a written contract at least Again, you want to ask some questions of your own, bring them on. This is the hour to do it. Andrew here to answer them, 416-870-6400. And uh, in that regard, to get it to, uh, to Barb. Hey, Barb, good evening. How are you? Hi, how are you? Great. What's on your mind? Um. So basically prior returning to work i um was given or provided with a contract by my employer it's uh, where we are in healthcare, and um 
the contract. Uh, basically, employees were told that they must sign the contract, otherwise they would not be allowed to return to practice. It's a, again, it's a healthcare setting. And there were seven, several stipulations that were applied to the contract, which seemed fair. Um, but one of them was lowering of wages to less than half wow. um, of your hourly rate in the event that a patient would not show up for their appointment. Um, so I, I ended up having to hire an employment lawyer and I was basically told that I would not be able to return to work if I did not sign and I didn't sign. I was trying to agree with my employer and come to some census that we would, you know, make a fair, fair agreement. And apparently I just finally got back to work last week and, um, the contract was not signed. So, yeah, so, so Andrew, what do you think? She, she wouldn't have had to sign it anyway, right? Yeah, so, Barb, what, Barb, what is your main concern, if you don't mind me asking? So, the main concern is now um, I'm concerned that if I return back to work, because my employer did state that we would take care of this legally once I did get back to work and something would have to be signed. Um, I did go back to work for one day and nothing has been signed as of yet. Uh, but through a written statement, I was told that eventually I would have to sign something. Okay, so you're concerned about uh, that day when wages, that day comes? I'm concerned about wages. I'm concerned about um, and having to sign, like I like mm -hmm. I've been put under duress. Do I have to sign? Do I, do I have? I've never been presented with the contract in the past, so it was the first contract. My concern is I just feel like COVID was used as a crutch, basically to get yeah. back into practice. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Well, thanks, Barb. I mean, here's the problem. Number one, I have to. I haven't seen the extent of the contract, right? But absolutely not. You have no obligation to sign this thing to return, okay? The repercussion, obviously, is if they're adamant that you sign, they could terminate your employment. They could say, well, if you don't want to sign, then, you know, we, we're not comfortable continuing you, you on uh, in your role, okay? But that being exactly. said, that being said, though, there could very well be something in your contract that attempts to limit your severance entitlements, Okay, and I obviously haven't read the thing. So, you know, if you have your own employment lawyer now, you know, I'm sure that they've, he or she or whoever's reviewed it. But in order for me to kind of give you any concrete advice, I'd obviously have to review it myself. Um, but it, it's very possible that it includes language that arguably limits your severance entitlements. So, you know, you might have a tough decision to make now. Do you return and, and sign the new contract? Or do you say, I'm not signing it, I don't feel comfortable. And if they say, well, then we're, we're not gonna have you here, then, then they owe you your severance. They owe you a fair severance package. And because you've never signed anything in the past, you would get your full entitlements, which would be based on your age, your length of service, whatever, unless you're unionized. They didn't ask if you're unionized or not. That could no, play it's into not it. unionized. It, again, it's a, a healthcare setting. 
mm-hmm. and yeah. it's not unionized and there was no comment on severance at all um so would that be classified as wrongful dismissal um if if i don't sign yeah absolutely if you don't sign and they let you go you have every right, right to pursue a severance package right okay and, I, have, and... I have 20 25 years oh wow yes yeah so you would be entitled to a and very significant issue with regards to um having an issue with me personally and my role as a healthcare professional in the practice i've been a very esteemed employee there's no. there's nothing okay so barb could be used against me okay barb so you just pretty much have to make a decision you have absolutely no obligation to sign this thing at all okay and if you don't want to sign it then you and they don't want to bring you back then you would be entitled to a severance and you have very significant severance entitlements being a 25-year employee um so those are pretty much your options and uh, of course i haven't reviewed the contract so i'm not gonna you know uh give you any real real concrete advice unless i'd had an, have an opportunity to do that and you're welcome to call our firm if you'd like um, but but those are your options. You do not have to sign it, and if they let you go for not signing, you would get a severance package. There's no way around it. Or you'd be entitled to a, ser- a fair severance, at least. Bar, appreciate the call. You want to reach out further, help at employmentlawyer.ca, or just for a phone call, talk to us, Andrew. Go for one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's the way it works. Give us a call. We're going to move on to more of our topic and more of your phone calls, 416-870-6400. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It sure is, and we are back. And Andrew Goldberg handling your calls today from the firm, stlawyers.ca, by the way, is the email, the address for the firm. You want to call them or Andrew or Lior, member of the team, one 855 821 But here and now it is 416-870-6400. That is the way you call through. Jewel, thanks for uh, for hanging on. How are you tonight? Very good. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, my question is a little bit similar to the other lady who was talking earlier, uh, that uh, we all sign a clause that says that company can fire you without any notice or time or any reason. They have that right. And few of them hesitating to sign it, but, you know, been working for a long time. So everyone signs. Is that they legally can do that? Andrew? Well, thanks uh, Thanks for calling, Jules. So legally, they can give you a contract to sign for sure. I mean, the, uh, the fact they gave you a contract is fine. Uh, the first thing to note, there's a lot of kind of moving parts with your question. The first thing to note is if you didn't receive anything in return for signing the contract, so if you didn't receive a raise, a bonus, a one-time payment, something in return, then it's very likely that that contract's not enforceable at all, okay? So in order for a contract to be binding, you need to get something in return, okay? Number one. Number two, an employer at any time can let an employee go without reason, okay? But in order to do so, the cost is to provide that person with a severance, okay? So very likely what your contract is attempting to do at least 
is to limit your severance entitlements. Again, I haven't read your contract. I'd highly advise you give us a call, arrange a consultation with a lawyer if you want to have the contract reviewed and really get the, the gist of the implications of you signing. But more often than not, what happens is it will say if you're terminated without cause, then you will only get your minimum severance as opposed to your full severance, okay? So that's kind of, you know, without seeing it at a very high level, that's probably the concern in your case, which is they've attempted to say, well, for example, so Jewel, how long have you been at your company? Three years. Three? Three years, yeah. Okay, so let's just say, you know, and how old are you? I'm 55. 55. So let's say you're owed somewhere between four and six months severance, okay? Just very roughly, I'd obviously need more information. But let's say you're owed four to six. By signing the contract you signed, it's possible that they've limited you to only three weeks of severance, okay? Uh Now, before you get overly concerned, many of these contracts are unenforceable because they have to be drafted in a very, very, very specific way. So if you ever are let go from your employment and they only offer you your minimum severance, make sure that you have an employment lawyer and give us a call and we will look at your contract and see if there's anything we can do, and it's very likely we can, to get around it um, to see if we can get you your full severance. Okay? Thank you so much. You're very Thanks. welcome, sir. Appreciate it, Jewel. Appreciate reaching out uh, again for you. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Moving on down the line to uh, to John. Hey, John. Thanks for standing by. Good evening. How are you? Wonderful. Yourself. Beautiful. What's uh, what's on your mind? My question, I was laid off via the COVID. I work in the retail business. I was supposed to literally go back today. I've been laid off for two months. I got a notice about a week and a half ago stating that, no, we're not going to bring you back presently. It won't be till August the 4th now. How long, how long can they continue to do this? So that's a great question, John. So for starters, okay, it's possible that if you've never agreed to be laid off in the first place, so if you never signed a contract or you've never been laid off before that says they have the right to place you on a layoff, mm-hmm. it's possible that right now you can pursue something called a constructive dismissal and okay. pursue your severance, okay? Now, we're not that far away from August 4th, so if you prefer not to do that and wait it out, that's totally your option. It's, it's completely up to you, okay? But as it stands in Ontario... If the company did have the right to lay you off, they have to return you six weeks after the end of the emergency order. So right now, the emergency order is scheduled to end on July 10th, which means that they have to reinstate you no later than August 21st. And that's only if you want to wait it out, okay? If you don't want to pursue a claim, that's your decision. If you want to, you can give us a call. We can speak to you about that. But at, at, you know, your worst case scenario as it stands now is August 21st, they have to return you. And if not, you'd uh, be entitled to severance. Okay. How much severance would I be entitled to after 10 years of employment? Well, what I'd recommend making is... A, making a commission sales basis. And how old are you? 62. 62? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, uh, well uh, you know, it, it really... It could, could be around one month per year of service, maybe as much as 12 months. Um, based on your age, maybe even 14 months because you're 62 years old. But what I'd recommend is go to, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca uh, and we have a severance pay calculator on there. If you input um, you know, a little bit more information, it should uh, okay. shoot out an estimation there for you. I do thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate it. 
appreciate uh, appreciate the call and your time as well, John. It was a smart idea making that call. Yeah, and like uh, like Andrew said, it's a pocketemploymentlawyer.ca or the phone call one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Here and now, though, to call through the remainder of the show four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Thomas, you are up next. Good evening. How are you? All right, I'm great, and uh, we're all hanging in there uh, in this lovely summer evening. What's up with you? Yes, uh, I got a little trouble at my work. I worked for a company for 27 years, and my boss was angry because uh, I got problem with one of the machine auto stamping, and the president himself, his electrical problem for the machine is old, almost 50, 60 years old. Wow. And what I asked that I need electrical mechanic to check because the fuse is blow and the panel is a little bit 240 voltage or something so i'm not allowed to reset it so instead to call the electrician myself because i was supervisor and i have to talk to the president himself first before i can call the mechanic from outside and my boss is also engineer himself so he decided to do it himself and he's using bad language, but actually he did not use it on me. Thomas, at the end of the day, if you haven't been fired for your job, uh, you're not entitled to severance. You have to be let go. Your boss just kind of swearing in frustration, not directed toward you. It's obviously not an ideal situation, but, uh, you know, th- there's not much you can do. It, it, it wouldn't entitle you to severance uh, per se. But if you did get let go because the machine wasn't running properly, uh, you'd definitely be entitled to a severance package. That's not just cause for termination in light of everything you told us. Thomas, you want to reach out afterwards, you can do that. one 821 5900 is the phone number. Uh, email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Again, to call us here for the remainder of this Monday night show, 416-870-6400. Lisa, thank you for uh, for standing by. Good evening. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Um, I have an employment question for um, your guest. I was um, let go during the COVID virus on uh, March the 20th, and I started my unemployment on the 23rd of March. Um, when I had this conversation with my um, employer, he had mentioned to me that uh, I'd probably be off for pro- more, no more until sometime in April. Um, in April, he reached out to me by text and um, sent me a gift card for Easter, and that was the last I heard from my employer. That was the very last thing I heard from him. And I'm just wondering, I don't know what to do in this situation. I know the emergency um, is going to be lifted as of, you said, July the 10th. I don't know if I am employed, if I'm not employed, um, if I have a job to go back to. On my ROE, it said um, return date unknown. And um, I just don't know what to do in this situation. I don't know if I should wait to July the 10th and, w- and just reach out to him and ask him, you know, what's the status of my position? Do I have a position to go to? Um, also, I have um, some of the items that I used for my job, such as my cell phone and my laptop, and he hasn't asked for them back. I don't know if he's just saying, oh, let her keep it because I don't, it's been in her house. I don't know if she's got COVID or whatever. So I'm, I just don't know what... What should I do in this situation? 
Okay, well, Lisa, thanks for calling. Um, you know, your concern is a very, very common concern these days. I hear about very similar situations all the time, okay? So the first point, uh, and there was a caller that called in, I believe his name was John, uh, maybe five, ten minutes ago, and he was in a similar situation. So, you know, for starters, I don't see any harm in you reaching out to your employer and saying, hey, when am I coming back? You know, I've been on the layoff for a while. You did not right. say it would last this long, and I want to know when I'm coming back to work. And firstly, just okay. see what the empl your employer has to say. Secondly, now, if you're not happy with the... Go ahead. Um, now, um, if he tells me, no, you don't have a job to come back to, um, wouldn't that be a wrongful dismissal? Yeah, absolutely. If he tells you outright that your job is over and, and you're not returning, um, you know, ideally try to get that in writing. That would be preferable. Okay. Yeah. Um, but if, if that's the response, then absolutely, then your employment is simply terminated and you'd be entitled to a severance package for sure. And if okay. he tells you something different, if he says, oh, we expect you back August 1st or whatever, some random date, then you need to make the decision. You can either one, uh, wait that time period out until you're returned or two. Uh, very likely, and we'd need a bit more information from you to confirm this, but you could start a claim now for constructive dismissal if uh, your employer didn't have the right to lay you off in the first place, which many employers don't. So uh, the first thing I do is reach out, see what's going on. If you're not happy with the answer, give us a call and we'll set you up for a consultation. We'll discuss uh, your options. Yeah, because I did sign a contract when I started a year ago on April 29th. And um, I know it said that, um, I can't remember all the details of the contract, I'd have to read it over again, but I never expected COVID to happen. And because I was out in the road um, visiting customers, he felt it wasn't uh, something that I should be doing at this time, because that was just like, you know, the height of the pandemic. And that's when he said he laid me off. Now he was considered an essential business, so he was still opening and operating, and I was the only one in the office that was laid off. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's also very common. So, I mean, it doesn't really change what I said before, okay? I mean, it, they have to return you not July 10th. They'd have to return you six weeks after July 10th, okay, at latest. Right. Okay. Right. But if you if you want, you can very likely, and we'd have to review your contract uh, to really make a concrete assessment. But very likely as well, if you want, you can pursue what's called a constructive dismissal claim now, arguing that the employer never had the right to lay you off, which many employers don't, and you can pursue your severance now. So you reach out to your employer, figure out what's going on. If you're not happy with the answer, give us a shout. We'll we'll do something for you. Okay. And now. For, now, I was only with that employer for less than one year, so I would not be entitled to very much severance because my, my last day of employment, I got my last paycheck. I mean, they, they paid my last uh, paycheck. They gave me a week um, because I wasn't working for that last week. They gave me my week salary. That is not my severance, is it or no? Or is it? Well. If they haven't made it clear to you that that's considered your severance, then absolutely not. They can't go back in time and say, oh, by the way, that's your severance. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that would be an interesting situation for sure. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Uh, with respect to what you're entitled to, uh, you'd be surprised. Short service people in Ontario actually get a disproportionately high severance entitlement because the courts right. recognize that 
it's not the most attractive thing to have on your resume that you worked somewhere for 10 months or eight months or, you know, 14 months, what have you. Right. So courts right. actually award, you know, better severance, um, awards than, than you, you'd think. Okay. So don't write it off. If, if anyone, if anyone's listening and you've worked somewhere one year or two years, don't think necessarily you don't have decent severance entitlements that absolutely could be very far from the truth. Okay. Plus, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to be back into the same job market as everybody else, so you're going to need the money to carry you through regardless of how long you work there, right? So I guess that's part of the uh, part of the math. 416-870-6400 is the number. Getting down to Andrew. Andrew, thanks for standing by. Good evening. Appreciate it, guys. I'll, uh, I'll jump right into it. Um, yeah, so I have an acquaintance, um, an older gentleman. I think he's about 70 years old. He worked for a company 25 years uh something to do with machine operation or something like that. He was recently terminated and the employer is relying on a release that he signed upon termination in order to um, deny him entitlement to further severance. Now, when you look at it, it looks like they gave him uh, his statutory severance and then they gave him uh, his statutory notice and then an additional 19 weeks of notice um, in exchange for signing this release. He maintains that, you know, his understanding of the release, uh, you know, is different than what the employer is saying. He thought he had to sign it in order to get anything. You know, he's fairly unsophisticated with respect to legal matters. So I just wanted to ask uh, the gentleman uh, two things. One, what's the viability of, you know, having the release set aside, um, you know, on equitable terms? That's unconscionable because, you know, uh, he was in a disparity of bargaining power with the employers and they kind of, you know, basically ran it down his throat and his understanding of it wasn't correct. And also briefly, the release also contains a provision saying he has to do, he has to act in a manner that, you know, maintains the company's reputation. And I'm wondering whether the release can be invalidated as not in compliance with uh, the Employment Standards Act on that basis. Thank you. Well, thanks, Andrew. Uh, thanks for the call. So, um, with respect to your first question, whether it could be set aside the release on an equitable basis, very unlikely. Okay, that's the reality. It's unfortunate, but that is the reality. Now, there are some some scenarios where a court may set aside a release, but in order for that to happen, I mean, the employer would have to put this guy in a room and say, you know, you're terminated, and you can't, you don't even think about walking out the store before signing this release. But if at all the employer uh, you know, gave him a chance to take the release home, gave him a few days to, th to look it over. It it's very unlikely, okay? So if your acquaintance has concerns about um, how exactly everything went down, welcome to give us a call. We we'll see if there's anything we can do. But, you know, for the listeners out there, if you're provided a release, do not let your employer pressure you to sign this release, okay? You do not have to sign this release. And if they're pressuring you to sign it, it most likely means you're getting screwed, okay? So take that release, see an employment lawyer, get them to look it over. If they're not happy with that, then so be it. But you, you can't be forced to sign something, have that thing looked over. Uh, with respect to the second question about um, carrying himself, your, your acquaintance, carrying himself in a way that maintains the company's reputation. Uh, there's probably nothing wrong with that um, in and of itself. 
Um, there's very often not what we call non-disparagement language where you can't disparage the company, say negative things about its officers or stakeholders and things like that. Uh, I think that would be enforceable. Again, it's hard to make this assessment without reading the thing. I'd advise your friend to call us immediately, and there's obviously no guarantees we can do anything. It'll be very situational, um, but there's no harm in having uh, that individual call us. Okay, I uh, appreciate that. Um, quick follow-up, is there, is there, what are some common circumstances where a release runs afoul of the statute and can be invalidated in that way? Like, is it, you're saying that this non-disparagement clause is, that's a normal thing? Um, can you think of just a salient example of when, you know, something to look for in a release that might be that run afoul of the requirement? Something that, okay, well, the, for starters, okay, so here's a great example. If someone's only provided with their minimum entitlements, so say your friend's minimum entitlements were eight weeks termination pay and 13 weeks statutory severance pay for a total of 21 weeks. If the employer says, sir, you need to sign this release to get your 21 weeks, then absolutely not. That individual is entitled to their minimum entitlements without signing a release. It's only when the employer says, you know, you get your eight weeks and your 13 weeks, and here, we'll give you an extra 10 if you sign this, that's when it becomes enforceable, okay? And that's why they throw in that sweetener. The problem was that the extra amount that they offered uh, this individual likely was not uh, reflective of that person's full entitlements. So that that's the big one. But again, like anything else, you know, pro being proactive is the key. If you get a release, if you get a contract, just have an employment lawyer look it over. That's going to be the big thing for everybody. And it might cost a few hundred bucks, but in return, you could be saving yourself a fortune, or you could, lead, you know, it could lead to tens of thousands of dollars in your pocket. So it's a worthwhile expense. Being proactive is always the best approach. You know, I wish there was better news I could give your friend. Maybe there is. He, unfortunately, he would have to call us. We would need further information to give you the, you know, the full answer that you're looking for. Andrew, appreciate the call, my friend. And here is that number, one 821 5900 to follow up. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. I think we've got a couple minutes here left to go. We'll squeeze, uh, squeeze Sam in. Hey, Sam, thanks for standing by. Good evening. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. I got a question, a quick one too. I just started with this place and apparently it's a local truck driving place and I just got finally got paid after a month because they hold back two weeks and they pay in the first of fifteen or whatever they do. Uh, apparently when I got the check I worked hundred and twenty hours and three quarters and I asked them where's my overtime, they said no, because if it was thirteen days in that month you don't get paid overtime so hundred and thirty three. Right. Uh, my question is, we're not federal, right? I've been driving for almost 40 years. We want all these notes. Uh, and I clear I went on the labor board, I clear 48 hours. This is usually appropriate to do sessions. So, but there are issues that, no, we are, we are federal, we're not federal, but this is how we um, Sorry, uh, Sam, unfortunately, I can't really hear you all that well. Um, I think it's a matter of how much overtime or is the entire it's federally regulated? Is that what you said forty eight hours? No, it's not federally. Oh, oh, it's not federally regulated. No. That I know, like, you know, if it's federal, I know it's sixty dollars. But it's not federal. Right. Uh, so, I figure out on the labor board it showed forty eight hours, right? And some are saying forty four. But 
but because of their pay structure, you get paid on the first and the fifteenth. It's twice a month you get paid. So Sam. You know, again, I'll try my best because I can't. It's it's uh, maybe it's my connection. I'm not sure. I really do apologize. But I think that you know your best bet. If there's a lot of moving parts, give us a call. Uh, you know, give us a call so we can get further information. You're welcome to contact me directly. It's Andrew Goldberg at Sanfira Tamarkin. Give me a shout. Give me an email. You can find me online. I'll help you with your question. I just need more info from you. In the alternative. You're welcome to contact the Ministry of Labor and, you know, give them the specifics of what you're working, what your hours are, what your role is. Explain that you're provincially regulated and not a federally regulated uh, individual, and they'll definitely be able to help you out there as well, okay? And that'll do it for uh, tonight's show. We are back in here Wednesday. It's a little after 7 o'clock as well, the weekend shows. And uh, you want to check out the TV shows on CTV and Global TV as well. All that can be found at employmentlawyer.ca. Till next time, you want to go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well or one 821 5900 Do not go anywhere. Alex Pearson coming right back with On Point on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.